Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. During his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus was continually harassed by professional opposers. These religious zealots who did not know God in reality, but had only the outward trappings of religion and tradition, had no way to counter the great and mighty deeds that the Lord accomplished, or the rich and nourishing words that he spoke to so many seeking ones. So they were left to try and find any weakness or failure in him that they might latch onto to discredit him and his ministry. Mark chapter 7 gives us such an account and a very interesting one. The opposers were convinced that they had finally discovered something that they might use against him. Well, what was this grievous deed, you might ask? The Lord Jesus allowed his disciples to break the tradition of the elders and eat their food with unwashed hands. Well, Matt Miller is here, and Matt, uh, I guess that's the best they could come up with, and they thought they had something, didn't they? They did, Chris, and it's a, a great opportunity that the Lord took to unveil a very important matter that we're going to touch in the Life Study program today, that it's not what goes into your stomach that defiles you. It's not whether you wash your hands or you don't wash your hands, but it's what comes out of your heart. Yes. That defiles you. And in our last program, uh, Francis Ball and I touched this matter a little bit. And today we're going to get into the specifics of the 13 items that the Lord mentioned in Mark chapter 7, verses 21, 22, that detail what defiles a man proceeding out from his heart. Matt, let's get into this chapter. In one sense, it's an amusing portion because of this uh, kind of battle going on between the Lord and these opposers who were following him around. Just, you know, in, in many places, Witness Lee has referred to them as spies. They were on a singular mission, and that was, you know, to trap him, to catch him, to trip him up somehow because he was just crossing them. Uh, in so many ways, in both his doings and his and his words, and here you know they're uh, watching and waiting, and they've now got this opportunity. In the Jewish culture and the Jewish tradition, one had to wash his hands first before taking a meal. So here's uh, Mark chapter seven, verse five, and a couple of verses following. We'll jump around a little bit in the reading today, and as you said, we have this lengthy list that the Lord is a, a great teacher here is going to give not just these Pharisees, but this is a word for all time and all men and uh, really an enlightening one. Okay. In chapter seven, verse five, we begin and the Pharisees and the scribes question him. Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with common hands? And he said to them, well, has Isaiah prophesied concerning you hypocrites as it is written This people honors me with their lips, but their heart stays far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as teachings the commandments of men. While leaving the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. And he said to them, You nicely set aside the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. 
And he called the crowd to him and again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside of a man which entering into him can defile him. But the things coming out of a man are the things which defile a man. Matt, as you already have mentioned, that's really, I think, the central thought of this whole chapter, isn't it? It sure is, Chris. And uh, I hope our listeners would stay with us because there's quite a enlightening revelation that we're going to touch today. Good. All right. Here's Witness Lee with our first portion. The Lord Jesus here, as a great teacher, even give a list of all the evils. I'd like to call your attention to this list. He said, that which goes out of a man, that defiles a man. Our real condition within us is just a constitution of evils. Don't think you are good in your heart. That is a lie. If you believe that you are good in your heart, you are deceived. You shouldn't have any trust in your heart. For from within, that is out of the heart of man, proceed. Proceed what? Evil reasonings. Dear saints, you have to realize the first evil that comes out of heart is our reasoning. Reasonings always come out of our mind. You know, the New Testament tells us the mind of us, the fallen man, is reprobate. Reprobate means crooked. It can never be accepted. It can never be justified. It would be all the time condemned and rejected by God. And the reasoning in your mind is evil. Because your mind starts to say it's reprobate. It's crooked. Then following this, fornication. You have to know the Lord Jesus didn't put out these things in a careless way. Following man's reasoning is fornication. He put out these things in a very careful way. He knows man's inward situation. All the reasonings are for what? Fornication. Then theft, stealing. You may say, I never steal. Don't say this. Everybody steals. And we're all stole. Actually, fornication itself is a theft. To get something illegally. What is to steal? To steal is just to take something illegally. And that is fornication. Matt, let me take just a minute to review the scene here again. The Pharisees, these uh, religious spies, had, had caught the disciples in the act of eating with unwashed hands, and they challenged the Lord. Really, first half of this chapter is, is much give and take between the Lord and the Pharisees over this point. Then we come to this list now that he has begun, and we just heard in verse 21 the first four of these 13 items of evils that proceed out of man's heart, and included in this list this serious matter of fornication. Uh, We're going to come back to that in the next section, and and so you may want to touch it here. But I want to come back to where one quick word that we had at the very beginning of his section, how this all relates to or how it should relate to the preaching of the gospel. Maybe some of our listeners were puzzled by his reference there. Yeah, Chris, I think it's really important. In fact, this was what I had in mind when I was talking about the enlightening aspect of this program, because so many times when people preach the gospel today, so many gospel messages are given. The word gospel means good news. Right. And and when you when you listen to this word from the Lord in Mark 7, I was asking myself, 
where's the good news? <laughs> yeah. Man, it's terrible. These things that are detailed in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22, these 13 items, they're not good things. You know, Paul said in Romans 7, that in me that is in my flesh, no good thing dwells. In Romans one twenty eight, it talks about man has a disapproved mind, a reprobate mind, full of evil reasonings, as the Lord referred to here. This is the picture of fallen man. Last night, Chris, I was had some college students in my house, and we were talking about these verses, and they were looking at me like, this is really bad. You know, yeah, and where's the, man, the good news? Where's the, that's exactly <laughs> what one of them said. Where's the good news? And, and, I, and I looked at him, I said, you know what? There is no good news unless you realize how bad you are. Jeremiah seventeen nine talks about our heart is incurably wicked. We are in bad shape. And anyone that thinks they have a good heart is deceived. That's right. They don't realize how bad they are. And so when we have the mercy to have the light, to realize how bad our situation is in our fallen condition because of the evil that came into us through the fall, we would really appreciate the gospel more than we ever appreciated before. The gospel is really good news. The Lord has come to save us from that. But you know what? Our whole life, we're going to have this flesh with us until we're glorified at the Lord's coming back. You know, Matt, Witness Lee would often uh, make a uh, kind of a metaphoric comment, and he would say, you know, if you try to write on a white board with white chalk, there's no impact. Sometimes you need to clean that board, you know, and get all of the old white residue off so that what goes on with the white chalk is very striking, very stark. This really a case, this chapter is a case of painting the board black because that's the real condition of man's heart, isn't it? It is, Chris. That's why I love this portion, even though in a sense you, it leaves you feeling a little bit icky yeah. because you, you just realize I'm, I'm a mess, you know, that's and, right. and, and But you know what? When you realize you're a mess, it makes you turn to the Lord more and not trust in yourself so much. It's really uh, interesting. You mentioned, uh, Witness Lee mentions Paul in the printed life study also at this point. Paul's comment about in him, not one good thing dwells. And here's Paul who, according to the law, in his own admission, he was blameless in all the outward things. And as we'll hear later on, he only broke the law in one small inward area, yet he realized even in that kind of good exterior, the heart at the core of his being was incurably, desperately wicked, as Jeremiah has pointed out. We need this kind of speaking, don't we? Well, we do, Chris, and and I think we have to be faithful to the Lord to speak it. And, And that's why, in a sense, the life study message is a contrast to much of the gospel preaching today where they They candy coat over the fallen nature of man and how evil it is, and so the gospel doesn't have the impact today that it really should. Boy, well, here's another case, Matt, where the the religious ones thought they had him trapped, and the Lord sees this time to really use this as an opportunity to expose not only them, but all of mankind and what the, you know, how desperately we need the good news of the gospel. In verse 20, and he said, that which goes out of the man, that defiles the man from within, Out of the heart of men proceed evil reasonings, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, foolishness. All these wicked things proceed from within and defile the man. That's what's in there if we start digging around. Boy, 
We need a Savior. All right, here's Witness Lee again. Well, I saved the persons. Well, children of God, but don't forget our old nature, including our old heart, is still here. My, through the generations, the centuries, you don't know fornication. This one thing, count how many dear saints, pastors, ministers, were all caught by fornication. They didn't realize they should keep a distance one from another. Males and females. Yes, we have been regenerated. Yet, according to the New Testament, our old nature still remains. Never forget this. Until our body will be transfigured, fully redeemed, our fallen nature is still here. Regardless of how holy you are, you have to remember that your fallen nature still remains here. Then following these murders, history tells us, fornication, death, always issue in killing, in murders. After murder comes adulteries, then deceit. You see, one after another, one follows another. And covetousness. Paul told us he kept all the first nine commandments. You know what the last one? The last one is covetousness. All the first nine commandments are regarding man's outside conduct. Only the last commandment is regarding man's inside. And then blasphemy, arrogance, and then foolishness. Well, you count all these. Thirteen. Actually, Paul gives us a longer list in Romans 1. This is the actual, real, genuine, definite condition and situation of your heart. Your heart is like this. Here's the diagnosis. Every human being has a heart problem. Sorry, in this chapter, it stops here at verse 23. The Lord only open the heart, expose it, and leave us on the surgery by it. <laughs> With such a rotten heart. But this is not the end of this book. After this chapter, you still have nine chapters. We'll see. The Lord will take care of this rotten heart. He is the expert of heart. Well, Matt, I think the uh, the great heart surgeon has successfully given us at least the right diagnosis. We have a serious heart problem, don't we? We do, Chris. And uh, I'd like to point out something that uh, Witness Lee was very burdened about in this message. And he brings it up here. And he talks about this matter of fornication. And I know in his ministry... He repeated this burden a lot that, you know, he saw a lot of damage to Christians, to servants of the Lord by not realizing that they still have an evil flesh and they didn't keep the proper distance with the opposite sex. Mm. And as a result, would fall into fornication because they didn't have the proper respect, so to speak, for how evil their flesh is. I just want to read something that 
touched me as a teenager. Someone had encouraged me to read Adam Clark's commentary, and Adam Clark wrote this commentary、uh, more than two hundred years ago. It's on、uh, John chapter four, verse twenty-seven, when the disciples came back to the Lord when He was with the woman at the well. And,、right. and verse twenty-seven in chapter four of John, they marvelled that He spoke with a woman. Okay, and Clark has a commentary there because. Why did they marvel? They marveled because it was so unusual for a man to be openly speaking with a woman, and today it, it becomes very common. That's right. But in the scriptures, it was something they marveled at, and so Clark's commentary was. And I took this personally, and, I, and maybe some of our listeners could also take it personally. But anyway, Clark commented on that verse in his commentary: "A great man has said, 'Converse sparingly, if at all, with women.'" And never alone. Every minister of the gospel will do well to attend to this advice. Now that's a word, a commentary from two hundred years ago, commentating about the Lord's example, almost two thousand years ago. But it's an eternal warning that Witness Lee is echoing today in this life study program. We have to be careful of fornication. The potential is always there in every one of us. People would say that this is kind of an old-fashioned word. This is an old word, and the times have changed, and、uh, we have to be, you know, up to date. Well, the times may have changed, Matt. The age may have changed, but man's heart still hasn't changed, and that's the point here.、Uh, if we're not aware of what really lies in our heart, and we get careless, as you said, what a pitfall this is that catches so. Many of God's servants, not just、uh, the weak ones, but many times the seemingly the strong ones, the ones who have a real status in the Lord in their ministry, that caught right here because of a failure to recognize what's in them and then appropriately keep the right distance. I feel like you, Matt.、Uh, it may be old-fashioned, it may be、uh, hard, it may not be, you know, contemporary. But boy,、uh, this word needs to still be spoken among God's people today. Amen. I'm glad we could be part of a ministry that's faithful to speak the word, Chris. One other item we want to get into today that comes up in chapter seven, again in this engagement between these、uh, religious opposers and the Lord Jesus. In verse thirteen, he says, "Thus you deprive the word of God of its authority by your tradition, which you have handed down, and many similar things to these you do." Tradition you know, will be the subject of our final section. Here's Witness Lee. If you get into this portion. You could see the Lord's word actually covers the entire Ten Commandment. The Lord's word talking about the worship of God. That word covers the、uh, first four commandments. Then the Lord's word covers the fifth commandment concerning the honor of the parents. Right then, after this, all the rest of the Lord's word covers the last five: don't commit fornication, don't steal, don't murder, don't kill people, right? Don't tell a lie, and don't covet. If you add all these points together, actually, the Lord talked to the Pharisees based upon the Ten Commandments. When the Lord says. You invalidate the word of God. That means they invalidate all the Ten Commandments. Then another thing, 
in this portion were actually three crucial things. Number one, the commandment of the Lord, or the, the word of God. Number two, the tradition of man. Number three, the real situation of man's heart. The commandments of God always expose our heart's situation. But the tradition of man always covers the real condition of man's heart. Wherever tradition is practiced, there is the hypocrisy. Today, a lot of hypocrisies. Why? Because a lot of keeping rituals, traditions, traditions cover man's real condition. But the word of God always exposes man's real situation. Matt, I gave this portion uh, quite a bit of thought. I was trying to consider the relationship between rituals and tradition in a religious sense as something that would cover the condition of man's heart, whereas the word of God does just the opposite. It exposes and brings the real condition into the light. It's interesting to ponder this, but it's really the case, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Chris. And just to repeat what's going on here, the Lord is talking about the Ten Commandments representing the Word of God. And one of those says, you have to honor your father and your mother. And yet the very tradition of the Pharisees and the scribes that the Lord is exposing here, he says, you say if anyone will give a gift that they don't need to honor their father and their mother anymore. They don't have to take care of their parents. This is what he meant when he said you're invalidating the word of God by your tradition. You have a tradition that allows a child not to honor their parents. What is that? So you have these traditions that are in contrast, in a sense, to the word of God, because the word of God does not allow you to escape. To answer your question is the word of God exposes man's condition, but the tradition, on the other hand, well, it covers it up. If you don't want to honor him, you just make a gift to God, and then you don't have to honor him anymore. Yeah. It's terrible. You know, you think about where the practice of the Christian religion has come today. Compare that to where the practice of the Jewish religion had come. You know, many of the things in the Jewish faith at the time the Lord was engaging these, you know, these religious opposers, many of the things were genuine. I mean, they were God-given. They, they came directly from the Word. But along the way, over the centuries or the decades and centuries, they had picked up a lot of additional things, these traditions of men that had been added right in. And they were given, it appears, equal status in the practice and in the teaching of these uh, uh, opposers ones. So it was something of God, something good that got mingled with something of man and established over time. And we have to honestly say, as we look at our own situation, Matt, in the broad Christian church, the broad Christian tradition, really similar history, isn't it? Absolutely, Chris. And in verse 9, the Lord refers to this tradition as, you nicely set aside the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. And today, Chris, we really have to be honest Sometimes we're we're more faithful to our tradition as Christians than we are to the Word of God. And the Lord's Word is clear here. You nicely set aside the commandment of God for your tradition. I would ask the Christians listening today, are you nicely setting aside the commandment of God for tradition? What's more important to you, the commandment of God or tradition? 
the Pharisees and the scribes were strongly rebuked by the Lord himself for taking this nice way. Whoa. Uh, You know, a lot of uh, Christians, a lot of us have a kind of a nice veneer to our heart. But we need this kind of word to peel away the veneer so we get a look at the real content of man's heart. And I think that has been what the Lord has been uh, all about today in this program, Matt. And in this life study, I really recommend these. And the news becomes very good if you, as uh, we heard Witness Lee refer in that last section, uh, there's nine chapters coming that will really deal with man's heart condition. So uh, if you're feeling a little maybe poor about yourself, that's okay. There's better news coming and there's good news ahead. And uh, boy, Matt, always good to share these life studies with you. Appreciate it as always. Appreciate it, Chris. And uh, I think we're seeing a real practical gospel in Mark. It's not that theoretical. This is very down to earth. Okay. We have mentioned the life studies. We'd like to recommend that you get a copy of these printed volumes to go along with the programs each day. If you'd like to find out about how to do that and our other resources, just call us toll free one 888 study. That's 888-543-3788. For Matt Miller, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.